shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before
and have you Father's Day. How are we? Very good. Very good. Glad to have you with us today. 
Uh, if you're new, welcome. My name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at Southview, and it's so great to have you with us today, worshiping the Lord on this Father's Day. I want to read a scripture to us as we begin our time together. Psalm 66, verse 5. It says, Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. God is so good. He's so gracious in what he does and how he does it. And specifically, I want you to look at what he does for us. 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. This amazing, awesome, unbelievable love that God shows us, making us his children. Even though we were rebels, even though we ran from him, God brings us in and makes us his kids through faith in Christ. What a great thought, what a great scripture, what a great reminder for us here on this Father's Day. So I want to encourage you to bow your heads for me just for a moment. And and I want us just to meditate just for a second, just to think on this scripture. See, dwell on this, think about this, meditate on this. What kind, what great, glorious, amazing, huge, magnificent kind of love that God the Father has shown us. How great His love is for you. The more you see how glorious and amazing God is and how glorious and amazing His love is for you, it will free you. How great His love is for us that we should now be called His kids. God, I just thank You for this. I thank You, God, that You make us Your kids. I thank You, God, that You... God, You take us from sinners and make us saints. You take us from rebels and make us Your sons and Your daughters. I just praise You, God, for this. I pray, God, today as we just worship and as we make much of you, I pray, God, that we would see how glorious and amazing your love is for us. And that will change us and free us and empower us to worship you for your glory. Thank you. We love you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. And let's stand. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Good morning, church. Let's sing and celebrate. a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies I'll raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief I'll raise a I'm gonna sing 
eternal. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the saints' communion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection. I don't care how late you stay out. Stay out as late as you want. You wanna borrow the new car? You wanna borrow my credit card? Kids today, they really have it rough. I have no idea where we are or where we're going. I mean, when I was their age, life was easy, super easy. Why haven't you gotten a tattoo yet? How come you don't have any piercings yet? Yep, we're lost. We are completely lost. Ew, sports. It, it, just do whatever the mechanic says to do. Vehicle maintenance is completely overrated. Look, whatever the mechanic is asking, just pay him. Pay him whatever he wants. I wish they had soap operas at night. I like that boy. You should date him. You should date him immediately. Well, what about the creepy guy with the motorcycle? He's cute. Yeah, sure. Spring break in Tahiti sounds fun. Hey, make sure you get all your video games done before you start your homework. You don't have to pass all your classes. What? You have a project due tomorrow and you've known about it for four weeks and you haven't started yet? Sweet! Doesn't anybody want to know if we're there yet? Remember, if you need anything between midnight and 4 a.m., please come wake me up. Hey, I'm on the phone. Could you bring the baby over and let him climb all over me? Hey, hey, can you please turn that music up? Well, we just stopped for lunch 10 minutes ago, but yeah, let's stop again. I never have trouble with my toddler. I never have trouble with my teenagers. I never have trouble with my adult children. You know, she's right. We are ruining her life. Yes, more homework to correct. All right, whining. Yay, tantrums. Mmm, vomit. We just really need to spoil these kids more. Sorry, buddy. I don't know any good jokes at all. You're 16. You pretty much know everything now. I think 18's a great age to get married. Okay, remember, make sure you turn on all the lights before you leave the house. Hey, could you leave the front door open for a couple hours? Thanks. Money really does grow on trees. Oh, well, once again, happy Father's Day to you all. So glad to have you with us today. So, if you have never been a part of 
a Father's Day at Southview. Uh, so let me bring you up to speed just a little bit on what we strive to do around here. Um, so one of the most severely attacked truths in our society today is obviously gender and sexuality right it is ferociously attacked in fact if you went on facebook right now you have at last count that may be higher now i don't know but at last count you have over 80 different gender options you can choose from did you know that you thought there were just two aren't you foolish um over 80 80 that you can choose from um, the, uh, the attack on biblical manhood and biblical womanhood is just severe, it is ferocious, it is non-stop. And not only that, and that's obviously um, been true for a long time, but it has gotten significantly more intense over the last several years. But even before that, attack on just what it means to be a man, a godly man, has been under attack. And, and, and you can see that, best way you can see that is watching television. If you turn on a sitcom with a family, I guarantee you the dad is going to be a moron who always gets in trouble and has to be saved at the end of the show by his kids and the talking dog. They're telling you something. They think you're an idiot. They think this whole thing is stupid, uh, and they think um, being a masculine, uh, loving, caring husband and father is uh, just silly. And so that's why we really strive on these Mother's Days and Father's Days to not just do moms and dads, but to really kind of step back a little bit from that and just talk a little broader about biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. And so for today, uh, on these Father's Days, what I really strive to do is talk directly to guys and, and try to just kind of lay some big rocks of, of discipleship of what it means to be a godly man and how to live that out. Like, what is this? mean how do we live this how, how does this manifest out in our daily lives and so i've been praying for the last couple of weeks about uh what's to preach on father's day and to be honest i had a sermon prepared and i couldn't get peace about it and so i switched to a different text and i got that all the way prepared and i couldn't get peace about it so then god said nope now do this one uh, so been a bit of a wrestling match for me over the last several weeks as to what the lord would want me to preach and then uh, he really led me to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. That's where we're going to be, 1 Peter 3, 7. And, and, and I pushed back a little bit on God. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Um, told God that he doesn't know what he's talking about. S parentheses, not the sermon. Parentheses, doesn't work. Like, typically not a great idea. Uh, I pushed back a little bit because it's not really a Father's Day scripture. It's not really a Father's Day text. But, but again, as I started thinking about what um, I really believe God desires for us to do in raising up godly men. This uh, scripture that we're going to see today is profoundly, profoundly significant. Um, it, I, I spent a lot of time discipling men. Uh, I spent a lot of focus and energy there. And, and as I do that, um, what we're going to see today in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, comes up a lot. It's, it's significant. So let's read it together. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Uh, 
I want you to stop for a second, and I want you, gentlemen, to read that last line one more time. So that your prayers may not be hindered. The word hindered means to literally to cut someone's path off, like, like you're walking down a path and a tree falls in front of that path and you can't get by any longer. That's the idea. Um, God literally cuts the line of communication to men who do not honor their wives. God just stops talking to you and listening to you. Which, as a husband, for me, now, I'll throw me under the bus, not you. For me, I read that scripture, and that's terrifying. Right? Because if there's one thing I don't want, it's God not hearing my prayers. And right here in the scriptures, God tells us there is one thing you can do. There's one specific thing that you can do where God says, I'm just not talking to you anymore until you get that one right. I'm not listening to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm not hearing your prayers. You are literally cut off from me until you get that one right. This is profoundly important. How you treat your wife determines whether or not God listens to you. So that's why when I landed on this, like, well, it's not really a Father's Day thing, but, but it's talking about men, and if you're a husband, or if you're one day you want to be a husband, this scripture is significant because this determines whether or not you grow or stop growing as a Christian, whether or not God ever hears you in your prayers. Um, Wayne Grudem, a great theologian, in his commentary on 1 Peter, says this. Listen to the way uh, Grudem describes talking about the importance of the Scripture. He says, So concerned is God that Christian husbands live in an understanding and loving way with their wives that he literally interrupts his relationship with them when they're not doing it. No Christian husband should presume to think that any spiritual good will be accomplished in his life without an effective prayer life. And no husband may expect an effective prayer life unless he lives with his wife in an understanding way, bestowing honor on her. To take the time to develop and maintain a good marriage is God's will. To take time to develop and maintain a good marriage is you serving God. It is is a spiritual activity that is pleasing in his sight. Gentlemen, if you are a husband, the number one goal you have in your spiritual walk with Christ is to grow and develop and mature in your relationship with your wife. That is the way you grow in the Lord. It's not a side note. It's not that thing off to the side. It is the way in which God determines whether or not he even allows you to grow in him. If you don't get that one right, you don't get to move forward, right? Go straight to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200. And, and as a husband, so this year Marie and I will celebrate 20 years of marriage. I am correct on that, correct? Okay. <laughs> don't ask me the date, but I know the year. Um, and in 20 years of marriage, here's what I know. I have jacked this verse up more times than I've probably gotten it correct. All right. Um, this has been a source of great conviction for me. Um, 
But also, guys, here's what I want you to hear as well. It's a source of conviction, and, and, and this might be something that you hear and you go, oh, that, that cuts um, a little deep. But how gracious is it of God? How gracious is it of God when he specifically says, here's what you need to do, right? He's not leaving you in the lurch. He's not trying to, you're figuring out, fumbling on your own. He's like, no, 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 this is it. Here it is. Do that thing, right? It's so gracious. And I want to encourage you guys as well. So if you've been around church for long, here's typically the way that it goes. You come to mother, Mother's Day service, and the service is, moms, you're amazing. And you come to Father's Day service, and it's, dads, you stink. You are horrible. You're just messing everything up. Um, that is not my heart, and that is not where this is going, all right? This is going to be, my prayer is a word of great encouragement. Um, because, gentlemen, God loves you, and God desperately desires to have an intimate, powerful walk with you. He desires to have his spirit flowing mightily in and through you. And he's saying, look, guys, I want this, and I think you want this. And if you want to see this happen, here's something you got to do. All right, so this is a good, good word of encouragement. So let's jump back in. Look at it again. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. All right, so here's what I want to do just super quick. I want to show you four things in the verse, okay? Four quick things, uh, uh, kind of explaining this living with your wife in, in a way that is honoring and pleasing to the Lord and that, so that your prayers will not be hindered, right? So you kind of lay it out, four things, uh, ways that we kind of think through this to walk this out, all right? Uh, one is this. Gentlemen, uh, submit your needs for your wife's needs. So as you look at the beginning of that scripture, it says, likewise, husbands. The word likewise is important. So if you're being a good Bible student, likewise infers that there's something previous going on, and this is continuing on that thought. That makes sense, right? Likewise. You don't just randomly say that. It's something's being said, and you're continuing on that idea. So before this, there have been three times so far where it's talking about submission. Talking about citizens submitting to um, governing authorities, Servants submitting to masters, wives submitting to husbands, and then it continues on that idea, likewise husbands. In other words, it's this idea of submission is continuing on. Now, not submission, guys, in the way that you're submitting um, uh, under the leadership of your wife. God is very clear in this that men lead out in their homes. But what you are called to submit is your needs for her needs. Right? You lay down your needs, your desires, your hopes, your dreams, all of that, you lay all of that down because you're placing her needs above and beyond your own. It's not about you. I did not realize how selfish I was until I got married. Right? I thought I was a pretty selfless guy. Yeah, I'd help people and, you know, give the shirt off my back and, you know, help a buddy move or if you're really a good friend, take somebody to the airport. Like, I was a friend, yeah. But then you get married. And it's a whole different level of sacrifice. And I didn't realize how much selfishness and pride was actually hidden in my heart until God placed me in 
covenant marriage, and it was now my call of God to submit my needs to my wife. And not only just doing that, but also doing it with a good attitude, submitting my needs to her needs with graciousness and and, and love and compassion and kindness, realizing that oftentimes what I would do is I would do the thing for her that needs to be done, but I would do it with a really lousy attitude. I would do it kind of condescendingly. I, I would do it in a way that wasn't gracious and wasn't kind. I wasn't really caring for her. It was just, all right, fine, right, and just do it. And as I've done that over the years, over and over and over and over again, God has graciously shown me, Brad, that's sin. Repent of that. That is not submitting your needs for her needs. That's checking off the list and doing the thing, but that's not actually submitting my needs to her needs. Male leadership means not that I get the license to do whatever I want to do. Male leadership means that I'm now empowered by the Spirit of God to do what I ought to do, which is love and care for and submit my needs to the needs of my wife so that I can grow in my prayer life and in my walk with the Lord. It changes everything. Second, become an expert on your wife says, live with your wives, uh, excuse me, uh, likewise husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. When it says that understanding way, it literally means to grow in knowledge. Uh, become an expert on your wife. What makes her tick? What's her love language? What makes her happy? What makes her sad? What makes her mad? What does she like? What does she not like? Look at your marriage from your wife's perspective. Be honest for a moment. What would it be like to be married to you? <laughs> I'd kill me. Right? I would kill me. Right? We don't do divorce. Homicide, maybe. <laughs> Look at it from your wife's perspective. Be honest. What would it be like to be married to you? Live with your wife in an understanding way. Compassionate, merciful, caring, thinking about her, becoming an expert on her and what she thinks and how she feels and what's going on with her. I, I did not understand when I got married. So I remember again 20 years ago, um, my wife and I, we are standing up front at 4th Street Baptist Church in Hartsville, South Carolina, surrounded by friends and family. And we stood up there, we said our I do's, and if you would have asked me, I would have said, I love Marie with all my heart. And to be honest, I had no idea what I was talking about. Right? So if you're the average, you know, person, you get married, what, early, mid-20s, what do you know about love? Nothing. Literally nothing. What I've had to do over the last 20 years is grow. And the way that I've grown in being able to love Marie is growing in my knowledge of Marie. Who she is. What she loves. What, 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 what drives her. What motivates her. I've grown more in love with her as I've, become, as I've grown in knowledge and understanding of her. 
Live with your wife in an understanding way. Become an expert about her. Ask her. Don't assume. Ask her what she thinks. Ask her what she's feeling. Don't do it today because it's Father's Day. Don't ruin Father's Day. But maybe later. Ask her what kind of husband you are. Ask her. Because here's the thing. You ready? So um, have you ever been in a situation where you knew medically something was really bad and you did not want to go to the doctor because you just didn't want to hear the words? But not hearing the words doesn't make you not sick. Agree? Right? Not hearing it's cancer doesn't make you not have cancer. And not hearing that you're not loving your wife doesn't make you magically now love your wife. I would encourage you to think through this. Have a conversation. Now, ladies, let me encourage you for a second. All right? Now, if he asks you that question, one, that is not open season. All right? That's not like, ho, 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 I created a PowerPoint presentation. No, all right? No, all right? Pump the brakes, sister. Hang on, all right? No. Two, I don't know every lady in the room, but I'm going to assume no one here has the middle name Holy Spirit. Okay? So that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is this. In order for you to live with your wife in a way that unclogs your relationship with God is to live with her in what the scriptures would say is an understanding way to become an expert on her. So in order to do that, you got to talk. So I would encourage you, sit down and ask, what kind of husband am I? Have I been doing? How have I gotten better? How have I gotten worse? Have the conversation. And it might Sting a little, but by God's grace, it's going to empower you. If we can do this humbly, guys, if we can humble ourselves, not try to protect ourselves or defend ourselves, but humble ourselves and just... See, the great thing about being a Christian is this. If you believe by faith in Christ, no matter how bad the news is, it doesn't change how much God loves you and that you're his son. It doesn't change the fact that you're totally forgiven and kind of covered under grace. The great thing about being a Christian is you get the freedom to be honest now. You don't have to defend or protect or make yourself look better. God already knows you're lousy and he loves you and forgave you anyway. That's the great thing about Christianity. It's the great thing about the gospel. You get the freedom now by grace in Christ to be honest, hear the truth, and trust the Lord to empower you to move forward. Live with your wife in an understanding way. Become an expert. The third is this. Treat your wife as precious and valuable. You see that here in verse 7 where it says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wife in an understanding way. Here it is. Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. So, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Let's, let's unpack that just for a moment. So when it says weaker vessel, ladies, don't, don't, don't freak out about that. That's not some kind of negative slam. Weaker vessel, what it's describing there is like a delicate 
vase, a, a, an expensive piece of, of pottery that you must take care of. And it's a showing honor. It means to see how valuable and precious something is. Treat your wife as precious and valuable. She is a gift from God. Proverbs would say, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. See her as that. Paul Washer, pastor theologian, said this. Listen, gentlemen. Treat your wife better than you treat anything or anyone else on earth. That's your covenant with God. That is your first ministry. To love her the way Christ loves the church is a high calling. If you fail at that, you've failed at everything. Um, Again, this is something that I come to you here this morning um, as uh, one repentant sinner calling out to other repentant sinners. Uh, more times than I dare to even begin to count, I have sinned against my wife in this way. There is something I have placed above her. Now, if you'd have asked me, I would have said no, right? I would have said, that's ridiculous. That's not true at all. But our actions speak louder than our words, correct? People will show you who they are, believe them. And, and my actions showed me that I was not treating my wife as the precious and valuable gift from God that she is. Is there anyone or anything on earth that you treat better than your wife. Um, I know it's a weird thing to say for Father's Day, but this also includes your kids. You're a husband before you're a dad. She comes before your kids. Like, whoa, 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 that's crazy. All right, talk to the people in the room who are empty nesters. Right, eventually it just comes back to you guys. You know, increasingly the number one demographic where we're seeing divorce people in their mid-50s it's becoming number one why because the kids are gone you look across the room and realize i don't know you anymore you spent the last 20 plus years raising the kids and now they're gone and it's just you because you spent so much time and effort placing the kids above one another, there's nothing there now. It's actually super practical. Do you treat anyone or anything better than you treat your wife? The answer for my assumption is everyone in this room on some level will be yes. So to that I would encourage you, confess and repent. See that as sin. Confess and repent. Trust God for his grace. And, and, and last, look at this. So again, looking at that, verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. And that's the last thing here. See your wife as a daughter of God. 
They are heirs with you of the grace of life. In other words, treat your wife with fear because you've been entrusted with one of his daughters. They're fellow heirs of the grace of God. In other words, they are equal in the eyes of God. They are children of God. And you have been given the responsibility to care for God's daughter. That's a big deal. As a dad with daughters, all right, I've got two sons and two daughters. And I can already tell you now, um, so uh, uh, my oldest daughter is 17, my youngest daughter is 8. Um, and I can already tell you right now, when my daughters get married, it's going to be a different deal than when my sons get married. Right? It's just different. Like when my sons get married, it's going to be, I'm, I'm proud of you. I, I'm so excited for you. I'm, 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 I'm so thrilled for the man that you've grown up to be. I'm excited. When my daughters get married, I'm going to need medication. All right? Like, I'm going. It's not going to be easy. I've already told you. I've already told you. I'm going to be standing in the back, and I'm going to look at her. The doors are going to open. I'm going to look at her. I'm going to go, we ain't got to do this, baby. Like, we ain't got to do this. Like, I don't care about any of these people. I don't care what they think. They can take their gift home. Like, I don't care. Like, we can leave right now. And, and I'm going to look down front. And it could be one of your sons. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Like, there's going to be a part of me who's like, I don't like him. I don't, like, I'm going to look down and I'm going to see that little pervert sitting down here waiting on her. And, like, thoughts are going to, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But there's this, as, as the dad of a daughter, right, it's just different. Just different. It, like, it, if I hear that a, that, a, that a man, that a boy, is mistreating my daughter, I mean, every dad of a daughter in this room, you know exactly where your mind is going, right? It's like, I own a gun, a shovel, and buddies that can keep a secret. Like, this ain't complicated. I'm sorry, we'll edit that out. That won't get online. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that out. I don't know. That's why I need to keep my, my notes anyway. All right, so. And if I think, if I'm a fallen, sinful man, and I desire to protect my daughters like that. How much more, God? Gentlemen, you've been entrusted with a daughter of God. That should make you think just a little bit. right? That should make us take a step back and go, okay, I probably need to watch my P's and Q's. Correct? I, 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 need to, I need to be mindful of the way I'm doing this. When you think about 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. So that your prayers may not be hindered. As you hear this verse, what I want you to hear, men, is this. God desires to flow in 
and He's through you with His Spirit. And He so longs for that, that He wants to very clearly explain to you the one big thing that can clog that up. Okay? And so as we, as we think through this, let me give you three things, guys, just to kind of think through. What do we do about all this now? Number one is this, I would encourage you um, to uh, take responsibility. Take responsibility. Take responsibility for your marriage. Take responsibility for your walk with the Lord. And take responsibility for the fact of how those two are related, right? So I, I've, I've told you we have four kids. Um, and, uh, and apparently, we also have a fifth invisible child in our home named Not Me. And this invisible child named Not Me is apparently responsible for every bad thing that ever happens in our home. Right? Like, who, who left the front door open? Not me. Who left the milk out? Not me. Who broke that? Dad, listen, I don't know what happened. But I know for a fact it was not me. And so with our kids, a, 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 a core value in our home is own your stuff, right? Take responsibility, right? Just own it. If you made a mistake, if you messed up, if you did something wrong, if you broke a rule, own it. Every parent in the room, you can uh, testify to this, right? The, the cover-up always is worse than the crime, correct? Right? If you just at first go, yeah, I did that, I'm sorry, I know, I'm wrong, I'll... I'll take whatever comes with it. That goes much easier than you three and a half days later finding out, well, you actually did that? Well, now I have to beat you. Right now, now it's got to be a thing. Gentlemen, take responsibility. Take responsibility. Own this. You and your walk with Christ has everything to do with you and your relationship with your wife. Own that. Take responsibility for it. Pursue it. Uh, second, um, I encourage you to pursue this by faith. So Colossians 2.6 says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. In other words, you became a Christian by faith, so now you live as a Christian by faith. It's not about your work. It's not about your efforts. It's not about you working up a plan. It's about you trusting Christ and living it out by faith. And so every day, that's you and I as, as husbands waking up and saying, Jesus Christ, I need you to do this through me. I'm trusting you for this. I'm taking the steps. I'm walking this out. I desire this. I'm going out in obedience by faith, but I need you, Jesus, to do this through me. I can't do it. You need Christ. You need Christ. Do not do what I did many, many, many times as I was trying to figure out this whole marriage thing for the last 20 years. Where I would realize I'm not doing it well or making mistakes or messing this thing up or whatever. And so I'd try hard to redouble my efforts but do it in my own strength. And it always crashed and burned. Trust by faith in Christ. Say, Jesus, I need you to do this. Jesus is the great husband. We are the church, his bride. He is our great bridegroom. If there's anyone who knows how to live as a husband, it's Jesus. Ask him to do this through you. 
You can't do this on your own. You need Jesus. And I would encourage you every day, fall on your face and tell him how much you need him. And then seek to live every day in his strength. And then third, I would say this. Trust God's grace. Proverbs 24, 16 says, The righteous falls seven times and then rises again. I've used that scripture a lot for us over the years. And I love it because it's a reminder to us that the righteous falls seven times. The word seven is a number of completion. In other words, the righteous person falls a lot. Being righteous, being a Christian, doesn't mean you don't fall. You're going to fall. The righteous person falls seven times. The righteous falls a lot, but... He rises again. The grace of God doesn't always stop us from falling, but the grace of God does empower us to get back up. And there isn't a man in this room who cannot say, I have done a face plant at some point in time when it came to my family. I mean, I just bit it. Every man here can say that. It's okay. By God's grace, are you going to get back up? Maybe some of you are in situations where you feel like your marriage is a lost cause at this point. I want to encourage you, just lean into God's grace. Just trust Him. Say, God, I don't know what the future is going to hold for any of this, but I trust you and I'm going to walk forward by faith in you. Trust Him. Let Him do His great and amazing work. Take 1 Peter 3, 7, seriously. Seek to do whatever you have to do to unclog the prayer life between you and God. Specifically, set your heart on what in your home, what in the relationship with your wife has clogged up your prayer life with God, has stopped your spiritual growth in the Lord. There is nothing more important than your relationship with God. And there is no earthly relationship that determines how that goes more so than you and your wife. Therefore, the relationship with you and your wife is the most important thing you've got going. At some point, you're going to retire. And they're going to throw you a party. And you know what they're going to do on Monday? Find someone half your age and pay them half as much to do the exact same job. They're going to forget you. The army is going to move on without you. Like it's a machine. It doesn't care. Your kids are going to grow. And they're going to have their own families. And they're going to move to far-flung parts of the globe. On a practical level, it just comes back to you and your wife. And even more so, in your walk with Christ, this sums up everything. If I ever have a man come into my office and say, I'm struggling in my relationship with my wife, I very quickly turn the conversation to, well, tell me about you and Jesus. And if I ever have a man come in my office and say, I'm struggling in my relationship with Christ, I very quickly turn their conversation to, well, tell me about you and your wife. Those two things are inextricably linked. They are hooked together. See that, men. See that. It's not, here's my, me and my wife over here, and here's me and Jesus over here. It doesn't work that way. I tried to do that for way too long. And we bore the scars for it. Don't make my mistake. 
see that God in his great wisdom has brought them together. Your relationship with Christ will only go as far as your relationship with your wife. I want to ask you, just bow your heads for me. And um, I want to pray for us. And gentlemen, I, I, I specifically want to pray for you. Um, guys, there is there's a spiritual battle that's raging. There's a war that's going on. And it is in the unseen world. And it sometimes manifests it out, itself out into what we see. But it is happening in the unseen world. Satan desperately desires to attack your walk with Christ. And in doing so, he desperately seeks to attack your relationship with your wife, your kids. He wants to bring disunity and difficulty and strife in your family because he knows that is inevitably going to bring difficulty and strife and problems with you and him, with you and the Lord. I want to encourage you, man. I want to encourage you. Again, one repentant sinner just seeking by God's grace to encourage some other repentant sinners. If we're honest, this is something that we stumble and fall on a lot. Oftentimes your wife is the one person that you may feel the most comfortable around and so you just kind of let the guard down and let it go and let it fly. You don't, you know, you try so hard to be kind and polite and respectful and gentle with everyone else because you don't want to be seen as a jerk. But then you go home and it's like, whew, I can finally relax. But all times in that relaxation, what happens is we, we don't understand that there's the most important person that we're to be cautious of is sitting right there in the kitchen. So I want to take some time this morning. I just want to pray over us. Ask the Lord that he would, in his grace, empower us. Convict us where we need to be convicted. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged. Empower us to walk in the fullness of all that he has. So God, I just thank you for these men. God, whether they're married or single, whether they have kids or no kids, they're young, they're older, whatever the situation is. God, I pray for these men. God, I believe you have a calling on every man in this room. You desire for every man in this room to pursue you in intimacy and power 
that they would live out all the fullness that's been given to them by faith in Jesus. They would live filled and empowered and driven by you, Holy Spirit. I know that that is true. I thank you, God, for that. I thank you that there isn't a man in this room that you've forgotten or you've left behind. There isn't a man in this room that you consider unworthy. God, you have made us worthy through faith in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So I pray, God. I pray, God, for every one of us here. Whatever it is that might be clogging up our relationship with you. For some who are married, it might be the relationship with their wife. I pray, God, that you would show us that. Encourage us there. I pray you'll bring conviction where conviction needs to come. Repentance where repentance needs to be. I pray, God, that we would walk out all that you've given us. I ask you, Lord God, that you would help us as men walk side by side in this. Living a life of a godly man seeking to be surrendered and empowered by the Holy Spirit is hard. So I pray, God, that we would encourage one another and and be there for one another. We allow ourselves to have other men around us to be there for us and encourage us and love us. I pray, God, that we would be a church that models what it means to have godly, courageous, bold, loving, humble, gentle men. Loving their wives and their kids and the church and this world for your glory. I ask that you would do this in us, God. Thank you. Thank you. We love you, God. Thank you for these men. I pray, God, your blessings on them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, real quick, guys. Before we let you go, uh, just got a couple of things I want to throw your way, a couple of announcements. Number one is this. If you are a guest with us, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. We'd love to connect with you. The best way you can do that is to grab your cell phone and text the word CONNECT to our number on the screen, 910-424-1298. That'll help us get connected with you so we can just see how we can minister to you in the best way possible. Uh, so, uh, next, uh, our big three announcements, big three things we have going on here at Southview we want you to be aware of. One is this, we have a mission trip to Kentucky that's going to be July 10th to the 16th. And to help us with that, uh, we're going to be doing some uh, baby shower there for some moms that are in need. And so you can help us by bringing some baby items. And as you go out either door, you can drop those off there for the next couple of weeks uh, until we head out for that. So you can do that. And thank you so much for helping so much with that already. So much has come in. Thank you. Um, uh, That's such a blessing. And if you can continue that, if you haven't yet, we would really appreciate it. Uh, Second, July 3rd. Uh, That is the Sunday right before July 4th. One service on July 3rd, 11 o'clock, all right? Uh, No uh, kids ministry, no nursery, no adult uh, journey groups or equipped classes or anything like that. on July 3rd, just one service at 11 o'clock in here. We'll have you out early so you can go home and grill a hot dog, all right? I promise. 
Um, but July 3rd, one service, 11 o'clock. Um, and then lastly is this. Um, we'd love for you to download the app if you haven't done that. Uh, that's going to help you give. You can either give the giving boxes uh, as you leave or you can give online, whatever works best for you uh, through this app. We encourage you to continue being faithful in your giving. You've been amazing at that. Um, just the generosity of this church, of the people of God here is just unbelievable. So thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you that you have allowed the Spirit of God to work in you and through you to be gracious in your giving. Uh, that is just such a, uh, such a gift for us as a church. So thank you for that. So you can continue with that uh, through the app. And then everything else on the app, finding a journey group, any announcements, signing up, all those sorts of things online. All right? All right. Happy Father's Day again to you. Uh, so glad that you were able to spend that Father's Day here with us. Let me pray for us, and I will let you go, all right? God, we just thank you. Once again, Lord, we just praise you. God, just your amazing love that you show us. I pray, God, that we would see what kind of love you have shown us by making us your children sending your son to die in our place. And I pray, God, that as fathers, we would just seek to imitate and model you. We were just going to love like you love and forgive like you forgive and be gracious like you're gracious and care like you care and disciple and lead just like you do to us. I pray, God, that you'll empower us in this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these dads. I pray your blessings on them today. We love you, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you so much. Happy Father's Day. See you next Sunday.